How can you use photography to communicate your hospitality and grow your business? Joining us today to answer that question is award-winning commercial photographer Jerry Lizler, whose work has been featured in everything from Condé Nast to Forbes to The Times, and whose clients include brands from Chanel and Warner Brothers to Ritz-Carlton and Six Senses. In this episode, you'll learn how to prepare for and plan a photo shoot, common misconceptions with photography, and trends that Jerry is seeing today. Hospitality. 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 Hospitality brings people together. This is Hospitality Daily, the show that helps you stay informed and inspired each day by the most interesting people in hospitality. My name is Josiah McKenzie, and my goal is to help you reconnect with why you work in this industry and get fired up to go out there, delight others, and reach your goals. Let's get started. Let's pretend I just created a a beautiful hotel or a stunning resort. I'm so proud of it. I think it looks great. How should I think about using photography to communicate what I've created with the world and attract people? Uh, Starting at the very beginning, like let's imagine you and I just met. What would you tell me as I start to think about how to use photography? So what I would tell you is definitely uh, to first type how many types of rooms you have, right? So because that needs to be photographed, people want to see where they're staying at. That's first. So if you want photography done, uh, you need a plan. And for plan is what I always recommend people if they want to get an in, uh, like a quote from me, how much is something's going to cost, is I want to see the shot list. Uh, for example, how many images you want. If you come back uh, with a shot list of 300 images, I'll try to steer you away from that uh, because the estimate will be like insane because that's like 30 days of shooting, which like 30 days of shooting, that's quite a lot. And that's the first thing. And then when we know what needs to be photographed is that we need to think, or you need to think, because I'm somebody that comes there and has no experience, wasn't part of the like planning, the designing, why is it like that, is to think about the USPs, like the unique selling points of each room. Like, is it the view? Is it the design? Is it, uh, for example, that is connected like, like right next to a pool or what makes this room unique? And then we should discuss how can we emphasize that and showcase it in the photograph. Because if I come uh, to a room and I don't know anything about it, I may be like fascinated with a couch or with a chandelier or whatever, if it's a presidential or royal suite. And uh, sometimes that happened that I wanted to shoot something very badly and the client still wanted to push me somewhere else. And I was like, but why? This is perfect. And then the, I heard from them like, because the view or not the view, but because maybe it's connected to something that's more important for us because clients are uh, the guests, for example, uh, it's targeted to Indian market or whatever. And these guests, they want uh, that to be showcased. And I don't know that. I'm not specialized in shooting for Indian market, for example. So it's it always should be like a communication between and cooperation between the photographer and the client for whether it's uh, sales or marketing. Usually it's marketing, but sometimes the sales also uh, want to target a specific like demographic that we should tailor these images to. So that is that. Like that's what we should think in the pre-production phase before I even take the camera and start shooting something. That's like the first thing. Well, I wonder if you could tell me a little bit more on, on how I could come up with the shot list because uh, let's say I know nothing about this, right? It's very simple. 
the shot list is basically an Excel sheet. If somebody wants to work with me, I'll send them mine, which is like has the count and everything. But it's just one line, standard room, two images, one and one detail maybe that they want a detail of the seating or the artwork that is there. Uh, and one more of the view, for example. So then there is the executive room. So you get this list and then uh, you just fill the number or the name of the room, for example, the number of images, and in the end, it spits out the final number. And then I can look at it and say, okay, it's like 80 images that will take us based on what is the star, uh, how many stars, or how many. If it's like a lower, lower five, five star resort, maybe that's going to take us like 10 images per day. But if it's something where everybody will take a look, it's like uh, Ritz Carlton and something like that, where we need to take extra care. It's six, seven images per day. And then, you know, uh, I know how much time it will take me and my assistant slash stylist to make and perfect everything. So that gives an idea to the client how much time we have to spend there and what needs to be prepared so that they can communicate it better with their maintenance teams, housekeeping, that everything needs to be neat. But it's better to have that before we even start. It's everything needs to be organized in, in, in one place. And it's helpful to kind of think about that in advance. I wonder if you could tell me a little bit about who I should get inputs from. Cause you mentioned sales and marketing might have specific guest segments, but like, um, in your experience, is it helpful if I'm running the place to uh, get input from an architect or an interior designer? You know, who should I be learning from? I don't really like to work with architects or designers specifically. If I'm shooting for architect or designer and it's images for them then get their input because it's going to, they will use those images to sell themselves. But the hotel has different types of imagery needed than the architects. If there is perfect architectural shot and it doesn't say anything for the hotel, why shoot it, right? So what I like to do is definitely talk to somebody from the marketing and sales. And then if we know we are shooting, for example, outside, I would like to get somebody from the maintenance that can uh, tell me, oh, we have this automatic lighting outside that uh, turns on at, I don't know, like at sunset or five minutes after sunset. And I have to, I want to have a discussion with them. Like, can we turn it on manually before or do I have to wait? Is there a way to control the lighting? Can we like turn it on, turn specific types, like balance it? So uh, that's uh, the maintenance is usually great. Um, if it's a pre-opening, that's also uh, like bad. It's good that there is nobody there from the guest perspective, that we are not interrupting anyone. But then there may not be somebody that knows how to turn the lights on or something may not work, right? That happens all the time when there is something new being built. There's no one that knows how to control it properly. The lighting, the shutters, everything, right? So there's also, we need to know what we are going into and then planning, plan, trying to plan as much ahead so that we are not losing time while we are on location. So this is helpful. So you need to come up with a shot list of all the images that you want to create. Um, what I'm hearing from you is you also need to make sure that there's people on your teams that are available, whether it's maintenance people or others, because there's a lot of logistics coordination there. Um, what else should I be aware of as you're preparing for and getting into shooting these images? It should be a balance between like interrupting the guests as little as we can, but getting the perfect light, which is uh, up to photographer to plan. For example, we are going to this restaurant would look perfect at sunset, but then they are going to say, well, but sunset is a rush hour for us. We make like tons of money. 
And then we have to say, okay, so what can we do? Can we like block a certain part of the restaurant and shoot just there and have the other guests like, you know, spread out so that we are interrupting them as little as we can? Or are we just scratching the perfect light for the sake of shooting it without the guests? But at worst light, it's always this kind of like, you know, compromise that have to be made to like, you know, uh, because uh, I'm say, I'm looking at it from a perspective of the, the marketing director, because uh, if the guests are paying thousands of dollars to stay at the resort or at the hotel, and then there is somebody saying to them, hey, you cannot be there now, please. Like you want to do that as least as you can. So sometimes you have to do it. And that's why it's great to have a shot list uh, before and to maybe have a quick walkthrough around the property so that you know that we would like to shoot at the pool at that time. Is it possible? Can we maybe put the sign ahead, like three days ahead, that at this time for one hour, can we keep people away from this? Uh, Can we offer them something in return so that they are not as pissed? Always something. That's what excites me to uh, because every hotel and every location in different parts of the world, it's different everywhere. I'm still shooting the same thing. I'm still shooting standard rooms, executive rooms, pools, spas, but uh, everywhere it's different. So uh, that's great. I imagine the the best time to shoot would be before the the hotel resort opens because you have most most complexity. I'm curious though, how you think in general about including people in photography because you're the pro here, but sometimes I see all of these resort photos and there's no one there. And maybe it's because of the pandemic, but it looks a little bit eerie, you know, to see no one in a place. It should be strictly communicated before that this is an architectural shoot or this is a lifestyle shoot and it should not be mixed together. So um, different brands I work for have different like brand manuals that I have to stick to. And that's given to me. So that's like a manual that we have to stick to. uh, Otherwise, these images will not get approved and the hotel cannot use those. But if it's uh, a boutique hotel that doesn't have a corporate uh, like above them saying them, telling them what to do, I always tell them like you need to have a solid imagery without people just to showcasing the design, the architecture. And then if there's uh, like experiences like diving, if there is uh, a leisure that they want to like, or um, a spa treatment or something that, that cannot be communicated without people, then it's great to have those people. But also it should be like noted that it's much more difficult and much more time consuming because you should dedicate more budget for models or actors to be there and not just the employees, makeup, styling. And it's not as simple as simply blocking out the room, planning when are we going to shoot in the room, telling the housekeeping, get the room ready and shooting in that room. People, you need to schedule much more. So, for example, for Marriott, in EMEA at least, if hotels do not have uh, good architectural imagery, they should not focus really on lifestyle if their architecture is not in order. Hmm. That makes sense. And so you reference models, you know, kind of, you know, how do you kind of think about bringing them into these projects? I personally like to work with actors rather than models, since like models, it depends. Is it a fashion editorial? But it shouldn't, that, that's for, for a magazine. It's not for a hotel. So hotel would like to, uh, or at least in my opinion, everything that I'm saying here is my opinion, of course. They should think about the guests and the experiences that they should be like natural, right? And actors, you'll just give them an idea. Hey, this is the situation. Play it out for me. 
And then you can walk around and work around that. At least in my experience, you'll get much more genuine expression from them because they are playing the part. They are inside the scene and they are playing it rather than posing something and, you know, uh, trying to make the body look as best as it can be that I don't care about that. I care about the expression and like uh, telling the story of what we are trying to achieve there. Tell me a little bit about why uh, our listeners who are hospitality, you know, providers of all sorts, developers, owners, operators, why should they invest in photography and visual communication? What does it do for the business and even for the guests that are seeing these images? I mean, it's easy. It's uh, an investment. It shouldn't be taken lightly uh, because it is going to represent them uh, 5, 10, 20 years. So that's something that it is going to stick to them and they'll use it uh, most of the time. What is happening is that they are using the images until they renovate or they change something significant. These uh, images that they are going to invest in, they should be like properly planned so they are not paying. I believe it, the same saying is in every language that uh, pay once, cry once, right? So they should like, you know, really take that into consideration and hire somebody that is like focused, look at their portfolio. That is the first thing that I'm trying to say uh, to guests. Like you are hiring me based on my portfolio. So what you see on my website, that's what you get. If you want to force me to do a fashion editorial, I don't do that. I'll do a bad job for you. So you will waste your money. So hire somebody that you like their work. You know, they are specialized for that. So I'm not an influencer. I will not shoot 100 images. It's great for social media, but if it's supposed to live on like, you know, booking, Trivago, uh, their website, their ma main channels that they are selling, they should focus on not hiring influencers. And that's actually like a little rant from me since when I'm trying to reach new clients, they are trying to force me like to do a barter trade or, you know, uh, if we offer you one night, that's, uh, I'm, I'm not influencer. I don't want, to, I'm, I'm there strictly for work. I'll do my work uh, and they'll get the images that will represent them to many years to come. If that, I hope that answered your question, at least a little bit. It does. It does. And um, I think you've referenced, you know, not creating so many images. I'm curious about misconceptions people have about photography. I think you touched on the influencer dynamic, but also just the number of images. Tell me a little bit about why that's such a big misconception and why people need so many images. It's based uh, on... It's not that we cannot shoot more images. We can, but it's uh, the planning. There's limited times of day uh, that the light looks perfect. For example, if somebody's into photography, golden hour, blue hour, these are the things that I like to shoot at mostly. And these have limited like you know, duration. So uh, in the end, what we are trying to do is to space the shoots for the important, the hero shots to be uh, at that time slot, sunset, sunrise, uh, you know, blue hour. And then spend the rest of the day shooting, for example, like bathrooms or somewhere where there is no daylight that we can take that time. And in the end, it's always takes every image is uh, between like 30 minutes to it can be like four hours. If it's like a, a huge meeting room with a bankcase, you know, banquet setup, and there's like multiple rooms, it's like uh, in Middle East, especially they, they like this grandeur, like big halls. You have to align every chair with a rope. That takes time. That's insane. So uh, that's why the short list is there so that I know, okay, we are shooting meeting today. Then we should dedicate at least three hours for that and not uh, show up there with 30 minutes because in 30 minutes I uh, um, like move five chairs and then verify if, that's, uh, if that is that. So the number of images is usually, that's why I 
always uh, when somebody new approaches me, I'll tell them, please, uh, do you have like an idea? How many images do you need me to create? And here is a shot list. Please fill it out so we can take a look and maybe discuss how, uh, why, uh, or I'll try to steer them away that we don't need that many images maybe. Let's try to keep it lower so that you don't, don't need uh, five images from one meeting room. Or if you do, okay, but you know, we have to spend more time there and that kind of stuff. So the biggest misconception is maybe uh, the number of images because they are used from the influencers that they, they maybe get. I don't know, I'm not an influencer, but they'll get uh, 50 images uh, from an influencer that they can use. Yeah, they can, but uh, in reality, how many images will they really, really, really use? So what we are doing is that a client is like, he's present for the whole process of the image creation where I'll suggest an angle. This is the angle I would like to do. And the marketing director or marketing manager, whoever is present there is going to say, yeah, this is perfect. Or maybe can we try that? And can we try this? So we are finding our way. So I'm, I'm trying to satisfy like my vision, but giving them the opportunity and options that they can do. And sometimes they, the clients, there are some clients that are very demanding and they want a specific thing. And it takes time for us to find the balance between like what looks good, you know, and they are still satisfied. So that takes time. If they want to be in charge and if they want to be in control somewhat, that takes time. So no 50 images per day. How do you be a good client? Like what would it look like to be a, a marketing director that is contributing and participating in a helpful way? Uh, that's a great question. Actually, uh, it's simply like having people on standby. If we come to a room and there's like a badly made bed, for example, they can have somebody on hand and they'll come immediately. Uh, sometimes we, uh, we had a whole housekeeping crew with us changing the drapes for a better ones because they were about to renovate, but still didn't have it ready. So they just had, uh, one pair of drapes that they were hanging in ahead while we were setting up. They were setting up their drapes. Usually uh, what's best for me is to have the director there and like I'll offer an angle and they'll give me their input. Like this is perfect or can we try this? Can we try that? And then I can, you know, we will find the sweet spot where everybody's happy. It takes us 30 minutes to set up the shot. Then we, uh, he's going to be, the director will be on hand trying to uh, source, for for example, books, if they want to have those. That's a whole different like uh, debate we can have of what should be in the room or what should not be. So uh, that's uh, just being being helpful and like trying to understand that the cameras, they don't see uh, the room as we do. We have two eyes, but the camera has one and there's limitations of what it can do. So it's like uh, listening and trying to be helpful. That's That's the best they can do. I always, before we go, I, I would love to touch on trends that you see in uh, photography, in hospitality. And I'm really interested to get your take because you are always traveling at some of the best hotels and resorts around the world. I imagine for many of them, if you look at the existing photography, it, it looks somewhat similar, right? You have the pool, you have the glamorous restaurant, this kind of thing. What do you see as opportunities to use photography you know, for you personally, that makes it compelling that would say, hey, I want to visit this hotel and resort. I'm, you know, kind of what are you seeing right now that maybe our listeners should be thinking about? Uh, that's a great question. And actually, in uh, 2023, uh, I've seen a shift happening where I always want, it was up to me, I always like to look at architectural imagery being the best and being there to support so people know what is where, how it looks without people. And lately, I have starting. Uh, I've started seeing um, the demand for lifestyle images, 
definitely. And FNB also, the food and beverage, uh, and that, that, that is kind of huge. So I'm a huge proponent of using those images to supplement, not base every, like your whole campaigns on that alone. I mean, if you are a diving resort and that's all you are offering your guests, then be my guest, do that. But if you are a metropolitan hotel somewhere, uh, then maybe like, you know, uh, doing lifestyle, only lifestyle is not the great. What do you mean by lifestyle images? Lifestyle images, people. Using people experiences, uh, using people in your images. Because to me, it doesn't really make sense if you put somebody in the room, uh, if it's a standard room, like, are you focused on people traveling for business? Then go ahead and definitely use a model, uh, place them there with a laptop. But again, laptops, they date quite a lot, right? So in two years, they'll probably want to replace those images. Do they really need that? There's whole, uh, we can talk about this like for many, many hours, but I would definitely try to um, like focus on getting architectural stuff ready, stuff that we are not as focused on the technology side because that can date and then get a focus, uh, focus on a lifestyle and FMB. And mostly, mostly the FMB is being pushed really, uh, really hard uh, lately. So I'm uh, typically shooting, trying to shoot the FMB if, if there is time more experiential, meaning that it's not just a shot of a plate on a table, which the hotel across the corner can use the same image, right? It's like, you know, food shot. Uh, so we are trying to incorporate the design and everything around the hotel or around the restaurant. So it's more about here is the space and here is the experience you can have with the food in there, if that makes sense. Before we go, I want to let you know about a few more things. First, if you haven't done so already, subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite app to stay inspired each day by actionable insights from the most interesting people in hospitality. Second, I've started sharing videos and photos from the stories on this show on Instagram and YouTube, so if you'd like to see those or watch along, I encourage you to follow Hospitality Daily there so we can stay in touch. Third, if you'd like to listen to more conversations like the one you just heard, visit this podcast website at podcast.hospitalitydaily.com. I've spent a lot of time building out this website because I want to make it really easy for you to listen to the topics and guests that you are interested in, whether that's culture and leadership or operations or technology or something else. Browse and search the entire library of more than 400 episodes for some of the top leaders and innovators in hospitality at podcast.hospitalitydaily.com. Dot com to get ideas for delighting the people around you and reaching your business and career goals. I produce this podcast each day and give it away for free because I want us all to learn and grow together. If you enjoyed today's episode, I just have one favor to ask. Please take a moment to text or email this episode to a friend or colleague who might appreciate it as well. They'll be grateful to hear from you and what we covered in the show can help them as I hope it helped you today. Thanks for listening and I'll see you here tomorrow. 